It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified, right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Lax Class 219. 219 is now in your ears. Thanks for joining us. It's Jake Elliott. It's Santino Farah back with you. And another great program lined up for you this week that we'll tell you all about here in mere moments but let's get him in here right off the top santino welcome back to lax class how are things my friend yeah things are good uh we or i guess not a, not a ton of games this weekend but uh it was weekend full across um what else i assume the next question you were going to ask me was was how was the weekend because that's usually how the script goes well how did you did you play ball hockey you better believe i did <laughs> the pylons are a wagon i don't know how many times i have to say it the people are getting the pylon flu i mean come on what was what was the final? What was the final? Uh three two final. We uh we got the game winner with like uh I don't know, less than a minute left. And me and like one of my buddies, like long term uh good buddy is, is on the team. I was the best man at his wedding and stuff. And we have we we took this thing from uh the show How I Met Your Mother, mm. where we do slap bets all the time. <laughs> we've done we've been doing them for years and and we're the only guys in the team that do it. It's so I wish more people would hop on board. But yeah. we always shake hands before the game and just say Whoever scores first uh, gets to slap the other person at the end of the game in front of in front of the whole team. Yeah. And uh, he got all three of our goals. So. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm, yeah. surprised. I'm surprised I didn't see that on the news or. or <laughs> so uh, he uh, he had a big wind up and I was just screaming like 50 percent. Only give me 50 percent. Three. So and he, he got three of them. them. Yeah. He got me a couple times. That's, so that's harsh. I saw uh, you post up uh, a little picture on on Twitter. You were quite proud of a few of your Ridge Meadows Berards uh, getting drafted into the BC Junior A Lacrosse League. Uh, proud moment for you there as a, as a former coach of some of these kids, watching them move on. That's always exciting. Yeah, I was like so fired. <laughs> kind of funny i got in a little bit of trouble over the weekend because uh friday night was mine and jen's five-year anniversary um so saturday was when we went out and, and did our our stuff after i was off work and i was like i kept i was glancing at my phone the whole night because i was trying to keep up with the draft uh-huh. and and i wanted to see where some of some of the guys that i coached went and uh yeah three of them so parker Malot, he was he went seventh overall to poco uh quinn mulcahy he went 20th to burnaby and uh Carter Dowsley, I forget what number he went, but he went to New West. And How'd I was that go like, so amped up. How'd that go over with Jen? What well, first of all, tell me what, what you you know, what does a five year anniversary date look like from Santino? <laughs> yeah, so uh she met me downtown because uh I was downtown for work, obviously. So mm. she skytrained downtown. Um and then we went to a cidery uh in Vancouver that was just off of West Forth. And then went out for dinner on Granville Island, and then went to the Improv Theater on Granville Island as well to uh, to wrap up the night. Pretty good. Um, pretty yeah, good. pretty good night. Uh, that Improv Theater is so much fun. But yeah, she was like laughing at me because I'm not really like a big Instagram guy. Like I don't really post unless it's promotional stuff. Yeah. 
Um, and so like I did the, she gets mad at me for it every year. Like I, I always just don't put up like an anniversary post about us kind of thing. And then, but I, I made a post or whatever I put on my story, like a picture of me with some of the, some of the guys that got drafted (laughs) saying like, shout out to the draft. She wasn't, no, she wasn't too happy with me. But but I think we got over it. It's a fine line. You're still together. (laughs) That's what matters. Um, Right on, man. Well, uh, does sound like a good time. This podcast is going to be a good time because we've got a great episode lined up for you. As I mentioned, uh, quarter four, week nine, who you got is coming up. And holy cow, it is a monster week nine in the National Cross League. Buckle up. Might have to get the coin out, Tino. Just saying. We'll talk about that in <laughs> quarter four. Lax class locks in quarter number three. You. Santino are in charge of the pod or the parlay this week, not the podcast. I'm in charge of the podcast. You're in charge of the parlay. Things did not go well for yours truly last week, so I'm going to turn over the keys to you, and uh, you can take the hate and the shame and the <laughs> the heat, all that uh, sort of stuff, if it doesn't come through. And uh, you know, I might steal some of the accolades if it does. Just going to say that. Uh, quarter number two. That's fair. I know. Uh, good pal of mine, former junior A teammate. Uh, we actually had a little go in the WLA back in the day as well, but we're good friends and, and we'll remain that for the rest of our lives. He is, uh, back on the podcast. I don't know, actually, maybe the first time he's been on the podcast. I have to think about that. Former NLL champion coach with the Calgary Roughnecks. Now the defensive coordinator for the Las Vegas Desert Dogs. Sado, Rob Williams will join us in quarter number two. We got Stallions coming up here in quarter number one. And we got to talk about week number eight in the National Cross League as well as uh, just four games, light week. Things again, Tino, I, you know, I don't know how I go seven for seven one week, but then the, you know, the little four game schedule here and I can't figure things out. Like I just, I don't know what is going on with my, like I'm above 50%, but barely. And that's not very cool for a guy like myself, but uh, I digress. Uh, You did, (laughs) you did pretty good. You jumped up in the standings uh, pretty significantly if I am not mistaken there. Yeah, my uh, it's the damn Warriors—they screwed me. Oh, if uh, Gino, <laughs> if, if uh, my New York pick had me looking like a genius, mm, uh, uh, but yeah. yeah, Vancouver just just came back. Well, let's talk about it all here, shall we? And uh, the week that was, who we had Buffalo and Rochester kick things off now. Tino, I don't know what to do here coming up this week. Like, I think I've picked against Rochester thinking, okay, the the bubble's going to pop here. The dam's going to burst here. And it just doesn't happen, man. 6-0, Rochester beats Buffalo. Are you kidding me? It was kind of a back-and-forth affair here. Training punches. This was a heck of a lacrosse game. But Rochester in the fourth quarter just pulls away from Buffalo here, despite being dominated in the faceoff dot. Ryan Smith with a big one. Connor Fields for like a Ro- <laughs> I'm still stunned. Rochester is six and zero, only team that has not lost. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I I have so much to say about this game because I was watching this while I was at work and I was hardly getting any work done. I just had my eyes glued to this, but. Before, um, I, this is going to be a point about Rochester, but I have to veer off to Vegas, Vancouver for just a second. Okay. Because earlier in the day, 
Vegas tweeted out this this uh, graphic that was like keys to victory for tonight, mm. and it was these like bullet points or whatever. So it kind of had me thinking, like, because I was getting really amped up about this Rochester Buffalo game, as I think a lot of people were. I was thinking, what would be the keys to victory here for Rochester? Because this is obviously a huge test for them. And the thing that I kept thinking about was Rochester has to find a way to bend but not break and take the runs that Buffalo was inevitably going to go on and not get too overwhelmed. And I think they did that to a T the, like Buffalo started the game three, nothing like in, in the, what felt like a, a blink of an eye. And then Rochester just chips away and they eventually get close again. And then Buffalo takes, takes a commanding ish lead again, about another three goal lead. And then Rochester comes back again. And it just, it kept following that script over and over again. And they, they eventually took the lead or, or no, they tied it. And then almost immediately Buffalo takes the lead again. And then the heroics from from Ryan Smith, that that behind the net dunk goal to take the lead eventually. It, it was just, it was as perfect of a game as as Rochester could play against a team like Buffalo. And earlier in the week on, on NLL Flash, we had Aiden York on because I really wanted to have him kind of break down the the goaltending matchup between Hartley and Vince. And I loved the way he put it because he said he thinks this has the potential to be kind of a legacy game for Hartley, not in any way, meaning that Hartley's going to take over Vino, (laughs) but obviously, but sort of a confidence builder in like, Hey, I can, I can run with these guys. I can run with, with the greatest of all time here, or this is a step in the direction for me to be able to say, Hey, I've matched. I'm here. The great, you I'm know here. what I mean? Yeah, they like here I am, sort of thing. Exactly, right? and, and and I think Hartley blew that out of the water. I thought he played incredible and playing a huge factor in the bending but not breaking of this entire Rochester team. Yeah, listen, the three, you know, two two years ago, three years ago, Rochester getting down three nothing to Buffalo, whether it's on the road or at home or whatever. By the way, how about the the crowd there at Blue Cross Arena? I'm telling you, if if Rochester keeps this up, that barn is going to be full come playoff time. Rochester, when when that team is winning, they get behind their team, and they you know they they kind of showed, hey, like show us before we're coming back to watch this, and now they're starting to creep back into that building. But Rylan Hartley, like you can put him down for comeback player of the year. Just mark that one down in ink. Put him in the conversation for goaltender of the year right now as well because he is getting the job done. And this team, they can go as far as Rylan Hartley will take them. And I kind of, I'm starting to believe that it's going to go a long way here because I, he is playing unbelievable right now. And again, I like, I keep thinking to myself, like, when's the bubble going to pop here in Rochester? And I don't now. I'm I'm starting to believe it's just not going to. This is who they are. So here's my conundrum: coming up in quarter four, like they're going up against Halifax this week, and I keep picking against Rochester. They keep winning, but now I kind of want to pick Rochester. But I'm kind of wondering, like, whether Mike Hazen and Dan Carey, and like, do they want me to <laughs> to pick them? Like, or are they happy with me picking against them? Like, are they willing to maybe compensate? me not picking them i i don't know what to do here coming up in quarter four i have to give it some long hard thought on whether it's halifax or rochester this year just for the benefit of of the nighthawks and nothing else 
Yeah, uh, I agree. I'm having a really hard time with these who you got picks as well. So uh, we'll, we'll get there, though. Tough week. All right, let's move along. Friday night, I... <laughs> As much as I'm at a loss for for words about the Rochester Nighthawks right now, I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to say about this game here in Las Vegas on Friday. Vancouver up 12 to 4 at halftime on cruise control, just dominating this game in every facet. They go into half with some rough stuff, some trash talking and They have a seven-minute power play plus a penalty shot to start the third quarter and come up completely empty, and then it starts. And the fan base there in Vegas, if they've never seen National Lacrosse League action, like this happens, right? This happens in our league, but maybe not to this degree. And for a winless expansion team, down eight at the half to come back and hold Vancouver to just two goals in the entire second half and win this by a single goal, 15-14, get their first franchise win, send that crowd home happy. What a game this was. Like, an absolutely crushing, devastating, quite frankly, embarrassing loss for Vancouver. But on the flip side of things, this was a huge, massive win for Las Vegas in that franchise. This game was bonkers. Yeah, I mean, we're in the same boat because what can you even say about this? This was the ultimate collapse. In a season after, we thought we saw Vancouver have the ultimate collapse, and then they matched the performance again. I Just, just to put it bluntly, blow it up. Let's blow it up. Look at whatever you can whatever you can sell off, start, start the rebuild. Like, I mean, we all saw in the sports world, what happened over like over the weekend or the past 10 days with, with the Vancouver Canucks, like Canucks sports and entertainment right now are the whole, we're going through a rebuild. That's just the easiest way to put it. And this Vancouver group, the warriors I'm talking about now are fragile to say the least, I would say. Well, I I said it on coast to coast, you know, like whatever, you know, Dan Richardson turned this roster over a whole bunch. Like, I think Logan Schuss, and I know Logan Schuss and Justin Salt are the only two remaining players from the stealth era. So Dan's done a good job of turning over the roster, getting different bodies in there and what have you. But now I think it it needs to go a step further. And and like I said on Coast to Coast, they've made the they've made the move to go young in goal for, for better, for worse, whatever. That's the decision that's been made. Now Ethan Woods and Aiden Walsh are your two young goaltenders. So why not dive in to the deep end head first here and let's see Matuk. Let's see Solomon. Let's see Claridge. Let's see some young blood in this Vancouver lineup because honestly, like I, I have a lot of respect for, for some of the older guard here in Vancouver. Like I, I respect these guys. They've been heck, heck of pros and, and, and they're good guys and good people. Uh, on top of that, but whatever has been going on here for the last three or four years is clearly not working. And how long do you want to smash your head against a brick wall, hoping for different results? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And like, what, what do you have to lose at this point? Like with, with playing the young guys, like, why not? 
You know what I mean? I, I, I'm, I've been trying to, I've been like juggling with the question of like, is this, is this a collapse by Vancouver or is this more of like a heroic comeback by, by Vegas? It's and a honestly, bit of both. It's a bit yeah, of both. I'm not entirely sure. Like, I, I think, I think it is a bit of both, but we've talked before and in the past as well, not even just this season, but we've talked in the past as well. Like Vancouver has had tendencies of just like taking a quarter off before. Like, I don't know if we've necessarily seen a full 60 from this group, maybe like here and there occasionally, but to go to start the second half with that long of a power play and a penalty shot, and you still surrender an 11 to three run in the remainder of the game from the second half on is just like everybody it's mind boggling. Quite, quite literally everybody has to take a look in the mirror. There is nobody that is uh, immune to the criticism at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Something has to give. Yeah. And there, you know, there were some posts in there. There was a missed empty net. There were some chances like drop passes and what have you. But you got to find a way to get a ball into the back of the net at some point there. But again, like, I don't want to be all gloom and doom here on Vancouver. They got some things to figure out. There's no question about it. But on the Vegas side of things, like Landon Kells comes into this game and absolutely slams the door. And to watch him in the locker room after that game, he got the, oh, yeah. the, the boxing robe. Willie walks in with the robe, and, and they got the the ding bell there in the, in the in the locker room. And and the young goaltender, like I mean, this is a young kid who's just beginning his NLL career to kind of stand up in the middle of that room after a comeback like that, and and you know, break out a speech. He's now become one of the leaders on that team with that. And and I think there's a guy that the dogs can can believe in and build around just off of that performance and and the amount of maturity that he gained in that moment. Yeah, he he became like the guy. And I'm I'm so fired up that everybody else in the room, just based on the video, obviously, mm. was as fired up to see I mean, how many times can I say fired up? I'm fired up to see how fired up everyone was about how fired up he was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also, I mean, like we're talking so much negativity or, or not necessarily negativity, but criticism towards Vancouver. We also have to just, just just say in general, like a huge shout out to Vegas for getting their first win in franchise history. Like regardless of the collapse, yeah. you know, what a way to get it in a huge comeback. And, and hopefully there's more to come. Like I want to see this team succeed. Yeah, I tell you what, you know, I looked a little lifeless in there early in the game but by the third and the fourth quarter when the comeback was coming I don't know whether they swung open the doors to the casino and just said hey come and watch this because <laughs> it it seemed way louder and way fuller uh in that in that arena in the second half and I really think that crowd helped Las Vegas to the victory so Vancouver's got some soul searching to do as they will play Panther City this weekend at home. Tina, we're going to get to call that game, which I'm quite excited about. It is also First Nations night in the National Lacrosse League, which is uh, one of the most important nights in our in our league during the season as well. So super excited about this weekend. Panther City coming to town. We're calling the game together. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll talk more about that in quarter four. We still got two games to talk about here. And Philadelphia, as tough as it was to watch the second half from Vancouver, <laughs> it was even more difficult 
to watch three quarters of Philadelphia on playoff day there in Philly where they opened up you know, the parking lot for Eagles fans, had to buy a Wings ticket, but you got early access to the parking lot so you could start tailgating about 8 o'clock in the morning so you could go watch the Eagles after you watch the Wings. But, you know, 45 minutes for the Wings, one goal against the Toronto Rock, who absolutely steamrolled the Wings at home. It was 1-1 after the first quarter. Then a 7-0 second quarter, a 4-0 third quarter, 11 goals in a row without a response. 14-5 the final in this one, but I think my biggest takeaway from this lacrosse game, well, I got a couple. Philly's offense is a problem, but Toronto's defense is a bigger problem in a good way as I... This this Toronto defense, I think they're they're on pace to set some serious records this year. And the crazy part is, is maybe their best defensive player and Chris Corbeil, maybe not their their best. Maybe that might be a stretch because you're you got Latrell, you got Cree, you got Disnew, but Chris Corbeil has not even played a game for this team yet, and teams just cannot score against Toronto. Imagine what this team is going to look like, like depending on when Corbeil comes back. I, I, I think like I bet you uh, Jamie Dalek and Corbeil in general are are pretty pleased with how this is currently working out with how well the team is playing, especially defensively, like you imagined or like you said, because I would imagine that um, they kind of feel like there's no need to rush Corbeil back right now with the way they're currently playing. You know, like things could change. Obviously, that that could alter the timeline maybe a little bit, but I bet you they're suddenly pretty comfortable with letting Corbeil heal completely, get a, a handful of practices under his belt 100%. to get himself up to up to full speed before he then enters game action. And I would imagine at that point we're going to be talking about potential playoff matchups or or like wild card ish kind of matchups kind of thing. Did, did you see the clip? I, I think somebody tweeted it out on the Flash account of TD Erland. I don't know who he hit, but he just like hammered oh, yeah, some guy yeah, on defense. Yes, I did. I don't know. That was kind of a weird, like it didn't even look like that hard of a hit. I think he just caught him, like just surprised him and had him <laughs> off balance a little bit. But yeah, TD sent him to the to the turf there at Wells Fargo as uh, all the Rock Boys went to the Eagles game after they picked up a win over the Wings and uh, looked like quite the weekend there for Toronto is Nick Rose must be just sitting back loving life like just watching that defense perform in front of him and just soaking up outside shots and playing his angles and like he hasn't but he hasn't needed to be spectacular and he held like we're talking eight against Vancouver seven against the Riptide eight against Halifax five against Philly and even Rochester and Buffalo, they only had 11, maybe the you know top two teams there in the Eastern Conference. Toronto defense is, is a wagon. <laughs> a wagon, man. And I don't know what they're going to do in Philadelphia right now because they they got some issues there uh, with the wings too. Like, I, I don't know what's missing there. Like, the, 
Kyle Jackson, maybe? I don't know. This I mean, when we talk about Vancouver needing a shakeup, Philly is another. We we were saying all these same things about Philly last year, about how yeah we were. I mean, like I, I don't know, just inconsistent, super inconsistent, and it's on the offensive side of the, of the floor. Like their 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 offense had can't like they struggle to get inside. They rely on outside shots a ton. And I mean, like full credit to Nick Rose, obviously, like he's an incredible goalie. You already mentioned he's having such a good year, but we've talked a ton as well in, in regards to Nick and Rose about how like he doesn't necessarily always get a ton of credit because he's not the flashy goalie. That's making all these crazy uh, acrobatic saves. He just, he's steady Eddie. Like he makes the saves that he needs, that he needs to. And when the defense is, playing against a team that a shoots a ton from the outside and b this defense in general doesn't really give a lot give a lot up on the inside right in the like this is, this, this is the perfect game for nick yeah, rose and yeah. that's not to take anything about anything away from how he played like you play you can only play what's in front of you but philly played directly into nick rose's hands here yeah they did and, and it showed. So, you know, and, you know, the 14, like, I'm not putting that on the Philly defense because when a game goes sideways like that, like, you you can't you can't stop it when it's just coming at you in waves and waves. And when your offense isn't doing their job, it's like the scoreline just gets out of hand. That's just the way it kind of goes in games like that. So, <clears throat> we'll, we'll see what happens there in Philadelphia. But I think moves are coming there. I think moves are coming to Vancouver. We saw... This team here that played next uh, makes some moves along with Panther City as well. And, you know, I said, I want to say it was two weeks ago when Jeff Teat had a real quiet night. I said, you watch. After Teat has a quiet night, he usually has a monster the next game. Well, he didn't. He went another game, Tino. But then I was just a game late. I was just a game late because (laughs) Jeff Teat, scores seven to go along with five assists. And the Riptide just jumped out to, what, a 10-3 lead here over Albany. And I had to have a little word with, with Maryland, who was in my DMs again. And I said, you know, I've been picking against Albany, picking against Albany. I said, you know what? Okay, I'm a believer of the Albany Firewolves now. Picked Albany. And then this happens to me. <laughs> this is how my year has been going. But uh, Riptide finally, I mean, they move out. Callum Crawford, I'm not saying that's the reason why the offense got going here, but, man, did it ever get going. And Riptide are into the win column here, 16-10 over the Firewolves, who were just a little sleepy in this one and uh, started late, didn't start on time in this lacrosse game. Yeah, and I think, like, Doug Jamison didn't really look like himself in this game. Um, so I think I'm pretty sure they don't, Albany doesn't play this coming week, but, uh, so I think we have to wait till, till week 10 for, for their next bounce back. But I, I bet you we're going to see a much better Dougie in their next outing. And just looking over the stats here, like, I wonder how different this game looks like all credit to New York and I'm fired up. They won because I picked them and who you got. <laughs> um, but I wonder how different this game looks for Albany with Joe Nardella if he's not injured because they only go nine for 30 on faceoffs and, and New York certainly isn't considered like a powerhouse when it comes to faceoffs by any means. And, and they completely dominate that. Oh, Jay Thorberts. I mean, you, you look at the, the all time 
numbers there for faceoff guys, and Thorin Barrett is is he's up there. So for he's, sure, he's no slouch. No, oh, and I don't mean that. No, no, by I know what you But he's not. Yeah, he's not Nardella. But exactly. Yeah. When you talk about like the top faceoff guys in the game, like you're talking about Withers, Baptiste, Nardella, Erlin, like in terms of the faceoff powerhouses, people aren't getting to New York. I got you. They're probably top five. I got you. So I, I'm with it. I and just Orleman, nice game out of him, right? Didn't face a, a ton of shots, but kind of did what he needed to do. And it, it really seemed like the message from, from Laddie and, and, and the crew there was to Jeff T to shoot the ball. Just start shooting, Jeff. Like, don't worry about feeding 98 anymore. You're our guy. You're you're the offense. You're going to be the quarterback here and just shoot the 19 shots on goal for Jeff Teat. Seven of them end up in the back of the net and riptide get the victory over Albany. And uh, yeah, what do you? How, what was your takeaway from those those two deals there? Hickey looking pretty good as they they pick up Brett Hickey as he gets two and four in that game and, and fit in nicely, but. They ship out Crawford, they bring in Cummings, and, and they get a pretty good return on, on that deal with some draft picks as well. Yeah, and I mean, and they, they've talked, maybe, I can't remember, maybe it might have been on the the Off the Crossbar podcast or something, but I thought I remember hearing something about New York wanting to get a little bit more size. Mm. Um, and defense, I mean, they, right? They want more defense. Yeah, they want to get a little bigger, and you know, like getting Chad Cummings over, like that, that certainly helps, and you know, like to your point earlier about um, like teed on the offense there. And again, not a shot at all at Crawford by any means, but I think now there's, there's not like two guys running the offense anymore. This is now, this is very obviously Teet's offense. And, and I heard someone recently as well say that Teet is kind of the guy that, you know, like when he's coming to bed, when he's coming to the bench after a shift, he's like, just give me the ball. Just yeah. whatever. Give me the ball. And that's not even in a sense of like, give me the ball so I can shoot. It's give me the ball and then go get open because I'm going to do something and I'll yeah. find you. Let me, you know make, what I mean? Let so, me make something happen. here. Exactly. And let I'm pretty sure Crawford's the same type, right? Like he, they both, that's what makes those guys elite is that they want that. They, they want that moment. They want to be the guy and they want to wear that. Right. And, and not everybody has that in their DNA and, more often than not, the, the superstars of our league have that. It's like the the last second jump shot mentality, right? You want the ball in your hands of your best player when, when the game matters most. And sometimes when you have two of those personalities in your locker room, it just doesn't work. Yeah. And like that's what like that's was what was everybody's question coming into this San Diego season is like there's so many there's so many of like the guy yeah. over, over on that, yeah. right? How is this going to work? And, and in San Diego's case, it's worked out for them so far in New York's case, maybe it wasn't a circumstance that, that this was the offense for that kind of scenario. Now it's obviously Jeff Teat's offense and you know, they're, they, they got their first win. So they sure did. We'll see what they do this weekend. So there is your week eight recap uh, and like I said, week nine is an absolute monster. So buckle up for that in quarter number four. But, you know, quarter number one is not quite over. You know why. Because uh, we still have to head for the Stampede Stables.
Oh man, me, 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 Got, um, you know, four or five more in. Keep those horse noises coming, people. LacrosseClassified at gmail.com. Just go into your phone on the voice memos. Five seconds. Little nee, 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 nee. Give me a little horse noise and then uh, email it to LacrosseClassified at gmail.com and be a part of the program forever. As uh, got a bunch of submissions <laughs> this week. Pretty sure I heard some... some uh, Baby horses in there, or, or some young, <laughs> some young horses. Maybe uh, uh, some female horses. I don't. Is there a name? Mares? Is that right? I don't, I should probably know that. But uh, <laughs> keep those horse noises coming because uh, I think it's awesome, and this soundbite's getting better and better. Work with me, people. Um, Stampede Stallions of the Week brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. One of the hardest to get CSA work boots over the last couple of years is now back in stock at Stampede Tack. The Ariat Workhawk. It's got the name work right in its title. So you know you want these things on the job site. Available online or in store. This amazing boot is available in two widths. Will fit almost any foot. Waterproof and built to last. If you're looking for a boot that will provide support, comfort throughout your workday, it's time to get in to the work hog, and it's time to get in to Stampede Tack and Westernware. Out there in Cloverdale, since 1966, Highway 10, 180th, work hog by Ariat at Stampede Tack. Tino, your Stampede Stallion of the Week. Yes, sir, and I think people probably could have guessed. I'm going back to the Rochester-Buffalo game, and I'm going with none other than Mr. Ryan Smith. The big fellow. The big fella and and just contributing so much like people have, have talked to this season about how you know like he's not putting the ball in the net as much as he did last season doesn't like care he, he doesn't care at all and this game i mean like he put up five goals still had four assists so he's still dishing the rock like crazy but the the timing of his goals and and none more important obviously than than the dunk from behind the net. Like what a, what a goal to get for your, I know people like kind of like to, you know, dump on the dunk a little bit. Um, but what a way to score the goal that puts your team in the lead. You should have said dunk on the dunk. Tino. I should have. Uh, so you know. yeah. Damn it. All right. Damn it. <laughs> uh, but just what a way to, to get your team in the lead and, and then not look back after that. It was like from that point on, it was almost like that was Ryan Smith saying, okay, Rochester, like relax because we got it. Like th- this is it. It's over now. And, and they completely shut it down after that. They, they went on the run. I don't, did they allow another goal after that? I don't even know if I they don't did think or so. not. I don't think uh, so. Oh, they, so they allowed one more Josh Byrne goal, go. uh, like as the last goal of the game with a minute 47. Oh, that but, guy. Oh yeah, that guy. But just after that, I thought there was just sort of this, I talked about teams having like a bit of a swagger last week. I think that was the goal where Rochester was like, okay, 
Like we got our swagger back here and, and they just dominated from that point on. So yeah, Ryan Smith, I'm down with it. Good pick. Uh, I'm going a little against the grain here. Like I, I was kind of thinking like Teat would be a pretty easy person to pick for the stallion this week with 12 points, but I'm not going that route. And then I thought, well, do I give it to Landon Kells <clears throat> who came into the game at halftime and absolutely stonewalled Vancouver for just two goals in, in the second half and helped that team come, come back. He was definitely considered. I even considered Sean Williams or even the Vegas coaching staff for whatever they said at halftime to, to kind of help spark that comeback. But then I thought, well, maybe that wasn't the reason why. And if you saw what happened just prior to the teams heading to the locker room, and Emerson Clark might get into some hot water for this, like there's kind of a push on an official and a lot of pushing and shoving and punches thrown. And But I really think that the will and the fight that Emerson Clark showed at the end of that half showed his teammates were not going away. This is a Sean Williams coach team, and he'll not accept rolling over at halftime because you're down eight goals. And Emerson Clark wanted to fight the entire roster for Vancouver at halftime. And I think it just woke up that Desert Dog team seeing that. Subak got involved again, and, and we saw Ball, you know, say it was a, a cowardly move. And then Subak fires back on Twitter after the game saying, who's a coward now? I really feel like there is a rivalry starting to brew here between Vegas and Vancouver, but I'm giving my stallion of the week to Emerson Clark for helping spark that comeback from Vegas. I'm curious to know what uh, our good pal Patches O'Houlihan, a.k.a. Patches McGuire, <laughs> a.k.a. Patches Gregoire. Um, I'm curious to know what his thoughts are on this, um, but I don't dislike this pick, and it kind of reminds me of that, that kind of like, school... like it either, Tina. Like you don't dislike it, but do you like it? Like, do you... uh, I, I'm curious about it because, uh, I mean, yeah, I, it's, it's very circumstantial. <laughs> I mean, like you, like you came at me for, uh, the, the, the Schreiber. Oh, so, oh, so you're just... saying patches is like the jury judge and jury here. Yeah. I kind of think he's going to be the judge and jury here. Well, I'll uh, tell you what, I know he's a big Emerson Clark fan, so you might be in some trouble there. No, no, no. But this, uh, this, this reminds me very much of like the, the schoolyard bully kind of thing where the way Vancouver was playing in the first half, it, it did very much feel like Vancouver was kind of laughing at Vegas. Obviously not necessarily. I'm, I'm not saying they actually are laughing literally, at Vegas, no. but yeah, literally, but it seems like in, in the way they were playing, it seemed like they kind of had this idea that like, well, I mean, we were here at the end of the first half. We're starting the, the second half now with this huge power play and and eventually a penalty shot as well. Sorry, guys, but you're not winning this one. Yeah. And all of this, for lack of a better term, shitstorm that Emerson Clark kind of caused, like you said, kind of woke up the Vegas team and said, like, backs are up against the wall here, guys. Like, en- enough is enough. I'm kind of tired of getting pushed around. I'm tired of getting bullied. They were were absolutely embarrassed in front of their home crowd. And maybe that was what, I mean, like we're going to talk to Rob Williams. So we'll see what was said in the locker room at halftime, but maybe this was the spark they needed. Who like, who knows? 
Well, he's going into the stable whether you or Patches approves or not, <laughs> you know. Emerson Clark and Ryan Smith. Welcome to the stable, boys. You are this week's Stampede Stallions of the Week. Another big opening quarter here on 219. we got to move to quarter number two. Tino just mentioned it. It's Sado. Rob Williams, defensive coach for the Las Vegas Desert Dogs, joins us next here on Lax Class, right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. This is Kyle Buchanan, and you're listening to Lax Class. Welcome back to Lax Class. We're into quarter number two here on EP219. And second quarter action is brought to you by Rycor Construction, uh, which ties in nicely there. And I'll explain that in in a mere moment. Uh, But RycorConstruction.ca is where you go if you want to check them out on the web. Or you can go to Rycor Construction, Inc. if you want to check them out on Instagram and Facebook. Tino, I know you uh, saw young Joshy out there. He was making fun of his dad for making horse noises. One thing... You will not make fun of Rycor is the way they make things stand out. Over 15 years of experience in the construction industry, interior, exterior renovations. They do it all. Flooring, decks, fences, kitchens, bathrooms. They make it stand out. Rycor construction and pretty damn good horse noise maker as well there for Rye. Who just happens to be related, if I'm not mistaken, to our next guest who is the defensive coordinator... For the Las Vegas Desert Dogs, uh, and like I mentioned, my my former junior teammate, my longtime friend, and uh, former scrap partner in, in Rob Sato-Williams. Sato, welcome to Lax Class. What's going on? Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. How, uh, how yeah. is Ryan related to you? Is he like your uncle? or what, what's <clears throat> No, he's married to my cousin, and I've known him since he was 18 years old. He's like a, He is a cousin, basically. There you go. I would, I would consider him that. And Josh has been the ball boy for the Berards since he was started playing. So he's not a bo- uh, boy anymore, though. I say to the kids turn into a man. No, I'm really, I'm really proud of how far he's gone. You know, with the team BC and the in the uh, BC or Canada Summer Games, they did really well. He's on that team. Yeah, he's playing junior A at a young age. I'm really proud of him. Well, uh, I'm pretty proud of you right now, Rob Williams, who helped get his Vegas Desert Dogs to their first ever franchise win here. And I, I found it you know, pretty interesting that the sideline reporter, his name is escaping me right now, hammered home, just kind of kept mentioning the fact that you just kept reinforcing the message to your defense, believe in yourself, believe in yourself, believe in yourself. And it's seemingly exactly what that team did down eight goals at halftime. And they believed in themselves and come back and win that game. That had to make you pretty proud as a coach. Absolutely. Uh, the resilience that they showed and, and uh, uh, not giving up. And, you know, Sean Williams talks about all the time, the 12-round fighter and, and you know, playing all the way through the game. And uh, they, I, I feel like it was a turning point for us in 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 the young season. You know, it's uh, in – in uh, expansion takes a bit to start to gel and get together and trust and understand each other. And I feel like, man, that comeback was crazy as crazy as it was though. It was a good building block. I, I, you know, I I truly believe with the way those guys responded, the young goal, the way our young goalie played was insanity, you know, uh, killing those two penalties at the start of the start of the second half. 
and just kind of going through with it. It just led me to believe that the message is getting through and, and the guys are understanding and, you know, Sean's vision of character guys that we brought in and who, who, who we thought would be able to be those kind of guys, you know, it's, it showed. What's it like being in, in the dressing room with these guys? Like, like what's the vibe like, and what are you guys kind of talking about when you head into half being down by as much as you guys were? And then in comparison, uh, obviously we all saw the, saw the video afterwards with, with Kells getting the, the robe and everything. Sick and, robe, by the way. Yeah, sick, that thing, but, that's pretty sweet. But, just what's the comparison like from what the room's like at halftime compared to what your guys' message is after the game? Well, going in, you know, going in with the situation we we're in, it, it, you know, it, it, it does seem, it did seem very dire, you know, like there, you know, a 12, four to a, a five minute penalty, five on three, you know, a penalty shot right off the hop, but the eyes were still like, you know, you, you're sending your message and the eyes are still looking in the eyes. There's still determination you know, the, obviously after the, you know, the excitement of winning our first game and the, the just, you know, honestly, what just had happened is, it, it, you know, you can't, uh, you can't compare the two, but I don't think that they ever, nobody, nobody ever like gave up. Landon Kells was, you know, for a young goalie in the situation he was in, he was very vocal in the dressing room in between periods and, and, and just kind of keeping guys going and, <laughs> He walked the walk, man. He yeah. talked the talk, and he walked the walk. It was, it was incredible. Well, I, I wonder, like you know, if that penalty shot goes in, does the comeback happen? I don't know, but I, you know, at the, in the opening quarter, Sato, we had, we did a little thing here called the Stallion of the Week, and yeah. I, and I gave my Stallion of the Week to Emerson Clark. I almost gave it to Landon, but I gave it to Emerson, who just pulled everybody into the tried to pull everybody into the fight but you know what i'm saying here like this guy just kind of looked around and said enough of this shit like i i'm not going out like this boys and neither of you and just almost seemingly just woke up the entire team at halftime with with his actions well and i mean let's not forget forget about josh and subak yeah, either yeah and, and you know he's been that guy for a couple games now where you know and it's not, you know, it's not a planned thing. He's, they just care that much that, you know, that they, they wanted to get back into it. And, and some guys have different ways of showing their emotion and, and, you know, and turning and trying to turn things around. There's yeah. obviously comments made <laughs> yeah. after that, you know, and, uh, you know. Did you guys know that? Did you know that at halftime that that was said? Uh, no. Okay. I don't believe, I, I don't, I didn't hear it, yeah. but I, you know, I imagine there was things said and yeah. things done. So, you know, there's no shrinking violence on the other side of it either. We know the players that were involved and it is what it is. You know, the only one that I would say probably wasn't involved, but got in there because other guys were having words with each other was probably salt. But at the end of the day, the two other guys that were involved aren't shrinking violence either. So like, <laughs> yes. you know, let's. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I, I want to spin it back to the beginning, Sato, because you, you 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 win a championship as is the D coach alongside Kurt in Calgary, and you know that probably is the pinnacle of of your coaching career, I would think. But then a, a step away, and you know we saw Willie do the same thing in Colorado, where he was there, and and all of a sudden he wasn't there, and people are going like, "What's going on with that?" And then we kind of kind come to learn that the move to Vegas was was happening. But I think it was a bit of a different situation for you where you wanted to to take some time away, spend some time with your family, 
but then the itch probably became so so bad that you just had to scratch it. But so kind of walk me through how the decision to get back into coaching and, and the relationship with Willie happened and, and the move to Vegas and all of that. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, like, do you want to go over the Calgary part? Because that was, you know, like, it's funny how things work, right? You know, like I had a feeling that I'd be close to my family and my girls were at an age where, you know, they are. And it just so happens that my dad got sick during that time. So who knows what was, you know, vacuuming me to make that call. But something was, and I did. It had nothing to do with organization or who I was working with. I love, you know, Kurt's one of our best friends. He's one of your best friends. He's one of my best friends. It just is, it, it, something was calling me to be home and then getting back into it. Uh, my, my wife and my daughters are a huge support and they love the NLL and they love lacrosse. And when I felt like, you know, it was time for me to get back is it's my passion. They were, they supported me and they were like, yeah, let's go back and, Let's get give it a go. So you know, I obviously you know sent sent my information to Willie, and we knew each other from playing the Ontario Raiders together, and then coaching and playing against each other over the years when he came out to Coquitlam. And I feel like you know we have a mutual respect for each other and, and get along really well, and are good friends. And it just it worked out, and I couldn't be happier. Is there? I mean, you've been the head coach for their the Maple Ridge Berards for a long time. You've had some success there. There's a couple of runs to the Man Cup and, and, you know, now a young team there. I'm not sure what your plans are for the summer. I kind of thought maybe this past year was your last one, but, uh, you know, I'm kind of looking at your face right now and it kind of looks like you're going back for another. But is there is there a desire to be a head guy in the NOL, Rob? Like, do you, do you want to try and get to the next level of your coaching career? I mean, I, I feel like we all, you know, all have – aspirations of that as assistant coaches I, obviously it'd be great but you know I've also like the lessons I learned with Kurt and some of the stuff I'm learning with Sean now you know uh I've been lucky to have good coaches and and now work with two really good head coaches that are you know put the pieces together really well and 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 I'm happy where I'm right now so um it's all a learning curve for, you know, all the learning curve is long. I think it, all this stuff in this league is earned. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people realize that you got to put in some time and, and learn from some really good people. And uh, I've been <laughs> obviously really lucky twice now to land in spots where I can learn from two of the best minds in lacrosse. So whatever the next step is for me, I'm just going to keep kind of moving along and learning from so the answer is yes the answer is yes if somebody came knocking and offered you a head coaching job you're you're not walking out the door (laughs) yeah i mean that's that's okay thank you that's uh, that's what i was looking for right expectations for for an expansion team are always kind of a tough thing to juggle like you you don't really know what you have until you until you see everything uh, you know working together in practice and in games and stuff but now that you guys have had have have your first win under your belt for the rest of the season here what does success look like for, uh, for your guys like what what are your guys's expectations now going forward i mean the honest answer you know like we honestly want to get and everyone's going to say this sounds cliche but we want to get better every game we 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 just won that game um playoffs playoffs or you know beyond would be fantastic but you know, it, it's expansion and we want to get better every game and see what see what it takes to, to build on top of what we already have and, and the pieces we put in place, obviously, you know, build from there. 
Do you need to change your coaching style or maybe even your coaching philosophy going from a championship caliber defense in Calgary to a new young team in Vegas where, you know, nobody's played together. Nobody's had you as a coach. Nobody knows your systems. Have you had to adapt and change in that regard? Or do you come in with the same system you had in Calgary and coach the exact same way in Vegas? Well, it's funny. It's, uh, you know, it's a different system for sure. And, uh, I've been lucky, um, with the guys, the guys around me, like Willie, Willie, first of all, but then, you know, we got Phil weather He's there all the time. Who coaches him with me? He he's our Canadian scout, but he's been around and lend, lending his ear and, uh, you know, giving advice. And, and then, you know, Chris Schiller's a U.S. scout. He's, he's, he, he, he's got his voice too. And, and, uh, you know, uh, Curtis Wagger, goaltending coach, everybody, Kenny Mellon, the offensive coach, we all have, we all have kind of a say. And I'll be honest with you, I've learned a lot from everybody so far. Like what? Say you know, no. Tell me, saying. tell me, so you keep saying you've learned all these things. What, what? Well, just, uh, just, just different parts of systems that we do things differently in the West, honestly. And, and you, you, you gotta like check your ego and listen sometimes and pay attention to stuff. And, and, you know, like sometimes it clicks, you're like, oh yeah, man. Yeah, that's, you know. And really like that, that as a coach, and I've done a little bit of coaching, that, you know, it, yeah. that is really how you evolve as a coach, learning from not only the coaches that you had as a player, but yeah. learning from the coaches that you've coached with or coached against. We all kind of share ideas and steal thoughts and drills and schemes and strategies from each other. That's how it works. Absolutely. And that's that's the thing, like having this like large group of coaches and scouts and everything else that have a say, uh, just being able to learn from, learn from them. I can't, I'm not going to tell you exact details of oh, come systematic on. stuff, come that, <laughs> but it's, it's a fact I I'm, I'm learning again. Like I'm, it's, I'm learning again with, you know, and it's fantastic. I, it's, it makes, keeps things interesting and, Hopefully, you know, well, I know it's, yeah, well, a better coach. you know, I just, I just ask you that. Cause I remember when, when the world championships were going on and, and we had yeah. Patty on and, you know, I said, well, what do you, what are you kind of most looking forward to doing here in this world championship? He's like learning from the other coaches. He goes, I get to coach with mouse and Clark and yeah. Hazen. Like, he's like, I can't wait to learn from these guys. And I was thinking to myself like, Holy shit. Like, yeah, I guess so, right? You get the, some of the best minds in 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 the game together. You're, you're going to want to try and soak that up. Absolutely, yeah. it's been it's been fantastic. It's the coaches' calls and everything else that we have. It's like it, 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 you got to have thick skin and you got to and you got to check your ego, man. You're like when when things aren't go, like you know we've had a couple games where things weren't great on the back end, and and uh, I'm not afraid to like I'm not afraid to. Wear that. To admit when yeah. when it's something, I'll wear it. Yeah, I'll take it on the chin. I got to learn, right? So, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I don't know how much of an update you're actually able to give us here, but it, obviously it was tough seeing Marshall King go down with injury a few weeks ago, and, and he's been um, on the, the injured list kind of ever since. Is there any kind of update that you're able to give on maybe a timeline with him and, and what the actual injury was that he went through? I honestly, if I, I, I honestly haven't really paying attention to i i think he's close i can give you that he's close to getting back good and i don't think it was i don't think it turned out to be anything wasn't me wasn't me yeah so good good news there i i want to talk about just the the vibe down there in vegas uh you got like doordash or skip the dishes showing up there said what's going on (laughs) 
Oh, uh, daughters, friends are over oh, after school. Oh, no, they didn't have school today. Pro D day. Yeah, well, I don't know what's up with that either. But uh, where, whatever, where I was going there is that the vibe down in Vegas. You know, we, we saw the, the home opener and, and Wayner and Joe and, and everybody was in attendance. The building was full. The second home game was was a bit of a lighter crowd. And, and you know, it didn't quite look the same. But then this third game seemingly started out slow but then in the second half like I was looking around and all of a sudden like the stands seemed way more full and the building seemed way louder like I I said to Tino like I don't know if they just swung the doors open to the casino and said hey like come and watch the desert dogs but if that game right there doesn't get that town talking about Las Vegas lacrosse I'm not sure what will yeah, man, I honestly, the, the guys in, in charge of that side of it have done such a fantastic job that first game. Obviously, yeah, the crowd was loud and, and, and into it. Um, I don't think the comeback in Vancouver hurt. There's people, you know, I saw some of the posts and whatnot from people on the fan club stuff Yeah, that, you know, they were excited. Um, obviously, first half at home of the last game wasn't, great to start like that for the fans and who knows maybe they went to have a beer or they were on their way out the door and <laughs> things started to change but it definitely got loud and it seemed a lot fuller on the second half without a doubt and it was fantastic uh saskatchewan this weekend uh this will be a bit of an eye-opener for for maybe some of your young players going into toontown to take on a rush team that that looks to to be pretty solid again this year uh what are you expecting when you when you go play the rush in Saskatoon this weekend? Uh, well, obviously, they're still a high-powered offense. You know, any time you got Mark Matthews as your field general, you got, you know, the Marty Denzels, the Churches, you know, Keenan grinding away on the other side. It, that, that and, and, you know, with it, with Jimmy Quinlan and, you know, you, you know Jimmy as well as I do. He's a character guy that he's going to get a lot, of, a lot out of guys and they're going to, you know, grind away. And they still... Like they still find a way to be, you know, they've lost a whole bunch of guys out of their back end this year, but they've got guys that have stepped in. And, you know, I think Keenan's leadership, obviously, uh, uh, Coach Keenan's leadership is uh, obviously still there. Like you can see it in the system. The culture, right? The culture. The, the culture is still the same. Yeah. It, I mean, they put pieces back in place and we're going up against the, you know, a typical Saskatchewan offense and defense and that's you know they're a tough team okay well listen i i don't want to i want to spoil anything in the fourth quarter but i'm going to listen to the coin flip this week sato and uh if it lands on vegas i'm going with dogs this weekend how how about that (laughs) sounds good buddy all right uh hey so you didn't really give me an answer you back with the drafts coming up tino and i are doing the draft we got to know these things or one more year with the bees or what's going on yeah, so I am back with the birds, but our coaching staff has changed. Okay, Zach Zach Porter will be in the middle of the bench with me. Kevin Kevin Reed is going to be on the defensive end, and uh, Ryan McMichael is going to be on the offensive end. So, uh, yeah, things I'm 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 going to be around. <laughs> I'm just I'm just envisioning McMichael and Reader on the same bench together. That you you better stay in the middle of the bench, Rob. That's all I'm saying. To be honest, to be honest with you, Zach Porter is like one of the calmest, calmest guys I've been around. I know, but the other two are not. Hey, man, 
it, it, the Dazzler was on the other end for a long time. <laughs> that's, mean, so true. That's, that's true. That's, I forgot that's, about that. I forgot okay. about the Dazzler. Oh, okay. man. All right. Sato, um, I really appreciate you making time here on Lacrosse Classified. Congrats on win number one. Good luck on win number two this weekend. And uh, we're going to do this again. Right on. Appreciate it, guys. There you go. Say hi to the family for me. Rob for sure. Williams, too, right there. Peace. Sato, hands of Sato. Uh, you ever want? Do, do you know why they call him Sato, Tina? You probably. I, well, I meant to ask that. I have no idea why. Well, when Rob used to to get after it a little bit, and he did a little bit of that. Like he was a heck of a player. He was a you know a Canadian national teamer and a, a early NLL or one of the first from from BC to really make the the jump into the NLL back with the Baltimore thunder way back in the day him and chris gill moved across the country and and then uh, off to the ontario raiders after that but when robbie's fight he had really fast hands like punching like he just he wouldn't like punish you with big haymakers he'd just give you the hands of sato <laughs> just the quick little piston fire punches there so uh i believe that's where that comes from he, he might correct me if i'm wrong but i believe that He's got a few handles. We used to call him the Doctor of Style back in, in junior high school, too. But that's, oh another, my God. That's, another, that's, that's another story there. All right. Uh, we got to get to break. Tino, halftime is upon us. Lax class locks are coming up in quarter number three. Hey, Stick around. Tino, oh, you're still well, there. Well, you're still well, there. We'll have a beer one time, and we'll talk about some of Jake's. Yeah. <laughs> yes, please. Yes, please. Big, All right. So we got to go. Your mic suddenly got muted. I don't know hey, what's happening. There's an Orangeville parking lot story. Yeah. <laughs> It is a good one. Yeah. I'll I'll tell him about that one off there for sure. All right, Sato. Take it easy, brother. All right, brother. Ciao. All right, Tino. Let's get to break. Quarter three is next. EP219. Stay classified. Associated Labels and Packaging. A fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. This is Kurt Belowski and you're listening to Lacrosse Classified. Welcome back to Lax Class. Second half action is now underway. It is brought to you by Associated Labels and Packaging. AssociatedLP.com is the website. They focus on people, ethics, quality, and of course, family-owned and ever-growing fleet of technology, and their catalog is exceptional. Associated Labels and Packaging, 40 years in the label and packaging business, and I'll tell you, the owner of ALP is some kind of happy today as his 49ers advance to the NFC championship game against Philadelphia. I not a particular fan of either of those teams, Tino, but I have way too many Philadelphia people on my Twitter for some reason, <laughs> like, just out of the woodwork. So uh, I, I'm kind of leaning Niners in this Eagles Niners NFC. Oh, game. you're annoyed with the Philly faithful, huh? It's a little much. It's a little much. <laughs> I don't know if there's necessarily more than everybody else. They're just the loudest out of everybody. Yeah, so I mean, I mean like most. Bills fans, God bless them. I, I, you know, they they have fun. They do it right. They're smashing tables. Philly football fans just seem really, really obnoxious. Like really obnoxious. So you know, I don't, I don't want to paint the entire city of brotherly love with one brush. But some of these Eagles fans, man, I'm telling you, it's just over. 
the top. But that's neither here nor there. But uh, if you need a label, you need a package, go to Associated Labels and Packaging. And also go to wherever you're listening to this podcast and hit that subscribe button, smash that five-star review, jot down a few words. After you do that, give us a follow on social media at Ferretino, at PXP for Sports. On Insta, it's at Lax, no, it's at Lacrosse Classified on Instagram. It's at Lax Class on Twitter, Facebook page, and email address. Horse noises, people. We need them at lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. Horse noises. Uh, I think that's all the administrative stuff that uh, I need to get out of the way here this week, Tino. So let's get into it. It's time for Lax Class Locks. Locked. When you're right 52% of the time, you're wrong 48% of the time. I hereby declare block of the week. Ooh, that's a big luck, all right. Lax class locks. Presented by Cool Bet Canada. Have you checked your mail lately, Tino? I still have not seen any Cool Bet swag show up in my my mailbox from Patches yet. How about you? Nothing. Unbelievable, Patches. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So we'll wait on that, and we'll continue to publicly shame Pat Gregoire until the swag shows up. That's just what we're going to do. I got a tick for you, Gregoire. It's all you got to do. Uh, anyways, Cool Bet Canada, stay cool, bet responsibly. If you haven't signed up to Cool Bet yet, what are you doing? They want to give you free money. They do. All you have to do is use the bonus code LAXCLASS on your first time deposit, and they will match you up to $200. Bonus code is LAXCLASS. Sign up, first time deposit, get free money from Cool Bet. Also, don't forget to screenshot your NLL bets. We've had a number of people do this. I saw our, our December winner, Rob Josie, put up a, a nice drop down 150 on like a four-game over-under. Problem was for Rob, I think he only went two for four. But uh, oh. that's that's a tough soak there. Could have been a, could have been a big one. But uh, So tag cool bet. Tag lax class with your NLL bets. Be entered into a draw to win. Some of that so-called cool bet swag that we have yet to see and uh, potentially win some NLL tickets for your home market as well. As Tino, the uh, parlay did not go so well for yours truly. Last week, uh, we kind of made a rule that uh, if I blew it last week, then it was all on you this week. And uh, we got this set up. Thanks to our friends at Cool Bet. Parlay is in. Parlay is up. Just go to that search bar, type in Lacrosse Classified, and you're going to see the parlay right there. But, you know, you're going to tell the people what it is right now. Yeah, and so if if the parlay hits this week, mm. is it on me again next week? Oh, yeah, I would think so. Yeah, okay. When, okay. Tino, when? Yeah, when the parlay hits. Sorry, mm-hmm. just double-checking. Yeah. All right, uh, it's pretty simple overall. Uh, basically just... Wings, uh, wings and, ba- and bandits on the over 24 and a half, which doesn't uh, sound particularly simple to me after watching the Philly offense and 
knowing that they got the eight-time goaltender of the year and in, in goal there in, in Buffalo. Might be a, a recipe for, for a low one, but uh, I digress. It's your parlay, Tino, 24.5 over Philly and Buffalo. Continue. Yeah, that's at minus 115. My thought there is, honestly, I think Buffalo could probably hit the over like on their own, mm. but I think that Philly's a little embarrassed after their last outing. I think they're going to score some goals. So I think that's going to be a high scoring one. So we're taking the over. And then we have Calgary on the money line plus 145 and Saskatchewan on the money line minus 250. And thanks to our pals over at Cool Bet, that's going to get you at plus 610. Pretty good. So you're looking at about a 140 return on a $20 jumbo buck bet here. Rough next to beat the rock. Could be difficult. Bandits and uh, wings over. Could be difficult. And rush to beat Las Vegas, which uh, is probably going to happen. Let's not kid ourselves here. Good luck to everybody. Stay cool. Bet responsibly. And uh, don't blame us if you lose. And praise us royally when you win. That's how it works here. On Lax Class. Uh, Quarter three is now complete. One more to go. Who you got is coming up on the other side. Keep it right here on Lax Class and Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. This is Mitch Belisle. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. And now it's time for another round of Who You Got. Welcome back to Lax Class. Into the fourth quarter we go. No more breaks here on the program. I know people like that. I like it as well. Thanks for hanging with us uh, here in quarter four. It's brought to you by Mitch Jones Realty. Mitch Jones is in the real estate market working out of the Tri-Cities here. Port Moody, Port Coquitlam, Coquitlam. He's all over the place. You can reach Mitch Jones in a variety of ways. Uh, cell phone is probably the best way to do it. And I'm going to give you that number here in one minute as I stall for that information. 604-916-6772. 916-6772. Get old of Mitch Jones. Buying, selling, need a little advice on the real estate market. Royal LePage Sterling Realty and Mitch Jones are your people to help you navigate the crazy mixed-up world of real estate. Give him a holler. Mitch Jones, sponsoring quarter number four here. Tino, uh, what else do I need to tell? I think we're good to go here. We cannot waste any more time. It is a huge week nine of your favorite podcast game. It's time once again to play your favorite podcast game. Who you got? Brought to you by Stampede Tack in Western Wear. Got to get some more Stampede action in there. Uh, Stampede Tack out there in Cloverdale, Highway 10, 180th. Uh, winter chills keeping you from doing what you want to do. Whether it's to keep you warm or to, to keep you happy while you're at work, Stampede Tack will help you solve all your outerwear and accessories. Brands like Carhartt, Wrangler, Outback. They got them all there at Stampede Tack. Tukes, jackets, flannels, 
whatever you need to help you keep warm on the on the work site through the the months of January and February here, or you know you might be heading off camping in early March. Uh, outerwear is available at Stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. As we get into week number nine, who you got? I didn't mention off the top who won week eight. Came down another tiebreaker, Tino. I uh, had to get the randomizer out. I posted that up on Twitter. Everything's legit. You saw it. I know you did. And uh, came down to Jason Wittig and Kyle McLean, who went perfect and also tied in their tiebreaker score. Kyle McLean pulls it down in week number eight. Uh, congratulations to Kyle McLean. Four-game week, you know. Pretty good. But let's see who wins this week, Tino. As is, oh, my goodness. How many How many have we got here? Eight. Uh, eight. Eight game week. So a full slate here for week number nine. Let's get into it. Week nine, who you got? Let's go. Okay, Mr. J. I'm just looking at the list. I was wrong. Albany actually does play this week, so my mistake there. But, uh, yeah, I'm hosting for the second week in a row. Yeah, uh, you are. Put, yeah, you put are. that in your face. Yeah. Uh, so let's start off with Careful. game one of the weekend, Rochester heading down into Halifax, Jake Elliott, who you got? Okay. So here's the deal. I, I'm going to do a little scientific experiment. I'm going to tell you who I, I was going to pick, but then I'm going to tell you who the coin is going to pick. And then I want to <laughs> see how I actually do with both. Uh, here we go. I'm taking Rochester. Because I just can't pick against an undefeated team anymore. But I actually think Halifax might win this game. So I don't really know who to pick. This is my two game. But let's see what the... Heads is for home. Tails is for the road. And it's heads. So Halifax for a two. I'm taking Halifax. I'm trusting the coin here, Tino. All right. I actually have the same mindset as you where I have a hard time picking against Rochester. But I think we're going to see a really motivated Halifax. However... Give me Rochester for a six. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. All right. So, yeah, tough one. Uh, okay, moving over to the other game on Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, so 4 p.m. Pacific. Buffalo heads down to the Wells Fargo to play the Philadelphia Wings. Jake Elliott, who you got? This is my eighth game, and I have the Buffalo Bandits down as my pick, but let's see who the coin takes. I got lucky on this one. I think, Tino, the coin decided it's also the Buffalo Bandits. Nice. Me and the coin and also yourself, again, are on the same wavelength here. I got Buffalo 4-8, and nice and easy. Let's head over to Saturday. Albany heads down to Georgia to take on the 0-4 Swarm. Jake Elliott, who you got? I was picking Albany. I had them for a 4 here. Coin, tell me what to do. Heads, I'm taking Georgia to get their first victory. I'm sticking with the four pick. All righty. I also have Georgia. I think that they're going to continue to play some desperate lacrosse. So Georgia for a three. Uh, Next game on Saturday in order here, Buffalo for their second game of the weekend. Second game on the road, too. That's tough. Uh, Heading into or onto Long Island, I guess. To take on the Riptide, Jake Elliott, who you got? Yeah, this is going to be one of those weeks where you know, I'm going to be driving down to Rogers Arena while a majority of these games are going on. So there's going to be a lot of rewatching of these games, which I don't particularly like. I love to watch sports live, not so much when it's not live, but 
this is the world we're living in. Anyways, I don't know why I'm even talking about that. I was picking Buffalo to go 2-0 and this weekend, but let's see what the coin says. They tell me to take the Riptide. I got to trust the coin here this week, Tino. Riptide for a three. That's tough. I am going to say that Buffalo is going to go a two and zero oh on the weekend. Uh, give me the bandits for a four. So Saturday, let's take a look at Vegas heading into Saskatchewan. Jake Elliott, who you got? <laughs> I'm taking Saskatchewan. I have him for a seven, but the coin is in oh charge God. this week. Tino, the coin is in. <laughs> ch- what do I got to lose, man? I'm like, Vegas. It's Vegas. Vegas. Wow. I got to take Vegas. Are you going to keep it at a seven? Probably not. But (laughs) probably not. Probably not. But we'll, we'll, don't forget, people, you can always change your picks right up until game time. You can change around your. Well, you can't. You got to just just the coin here. I'm I'm sticking with Vegas, but I might change up the confidence. I might change up the confidence. Uh, all right. So, uh, I'm going to take the logical choice here, uh, and I'm going to take Saskatchewan. And I'm going to give them a seven. Logical is always good. But honestly, Tino, I'm in like, I don't even know what place I'm in anymore. Like, I, I'm 109th or something like that. I I got nothing to lose at this point. So Yeah, fair. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, let's see if we can rebuild your confidence here. Later on on Saturday, Toronto heads into Cowtown. Game of the week. On the Roughnecks, the game of the week. Jake Elliott, who you got? This is actually a really good looking game. Oh, uh, it is. When, when you kind of just look up and down the the schedule here, this one pops off the page at you. Three and two Roughnecks, four and two Rock. It's in Calgary. It's TSN game of the week. Here we go. Home team, Calgary for a six. Ooh, for a six. Holy. Well, uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> uh, I am also taking Calgary. I think they're going to pose much more of a threat than uh, than Philly did. So I'm taking Calgary for a two. That's fair. That's fair. Moving on over to Saturday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. We got San Diego versus Colorado. Jake Elliott, who you got? San Diego versus Colorado. These two teams always play good lacrosse games against each other. Four and one against three and one. Another marquee matchup. Uh, the coin will tell me what to do. Call uh, San Diego. Tails for the road team. Five. San Diego for a five. I was taking Colorado. Now I'm taking San Diego. Wow. Uh, Okay, so me and the coin are on the same wavelength here because I also got the coins for a five. Me and the coin have only agreed once so far, I think. (laughs) That's scary. So it could be a really good thing. Who knows? All right, and let's wrap this up quickly here. Panther City heads into Vancouver to take on the Warriors. Jake Elliott, who you got? This is my one game regardless. And Panther City is my pick. Again, well, it's the coin's the coin. pick. It's the coin's pick, but uh, it's, it's going with the coin. So Yeah, well, again, the coin and I are on the same uh, wavelength. Once again, I got Panther City, but four at one. So that wraps it up. All right. Well, good luck to everybody. This is a real important week here in Who You Got. Don't forget to put down your tiebreaker, save, and apply. And uh, those auto picks are always a nice feature in case you forget as well. You don't want to forget this week, though. Big week. Nine, that was a big program as well. We appreciate you listening to it. We'll be back next week every 
week with another episode. A big thank you goes out to our sponsors, of course. Mitch Jones, Rycor, Cool Bet, Associated Labels and Packaging, and Stampede Tack and Western Wear. And, of course, to Rob Williams for stopping by the podcast as well. Tino, bang up job. We'll see you this weekend. Thanks for listening. For Tino Fair, I've been Jay Kelly. And for the fastest game on two feet, for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified.